Yes, we're back. Episode 34 of The Hibs Ramble. You're joined by myself this evening. Uh, we're joined by Craig and Liam as well. How are we doing this evening, boys? Good, mate. Glad to meet you. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. How's uh, your Hibs this weekend been so far? Five out of ten on the intro, but I'll I'll train you, make it better. There was a bit of lag between me and you, Craig, so that's maybe why you've probably half heard what I've said. <laughs> Hibs last week has been... actually been all right. Good, good. Um, well, we're going to get fired straight into the Livy preview this evening. We've got a wee special segment uh, coming up as well later on, so make sure you're listening uh, to the whole episode to capture that. Uh, boys, Aberdeen at the weekend... Uh, sorry, Livingston at the weekend. I can take my teeth out of catalogue here. Livingston at the weekend went away to Aberdeen and got beat. There was another couple of results at the weekend as well that seemed to go in our favour. Obviously, Livy away is never an easy place to go. I feel like that's quite cliche to say, but it, it really, really isn't. Um, do you think that result at the weekend for Livy is going to make our fixture with them more difficult? Or do you think it'll be? Do you think we'll have maybe a little bit more to try and exploit because... Livy have been a bit up and down recently with their Scottish Cup game and now the Aberdeen defeat as well. Well, if Aberdeen can beat them, surely we can beat them. I don't think it matters. Like, the the big equalisers pitch, isn't it? So, it depends on <clears throat> if we can turn up on the day and put that to one side. I mean, we've seen what we've done to them at Easter Road, like LAU and absolutely destroyed them. From minute one to minute ninety, and they, I just think I've said it for a while that at some point they were going to run out of steam, and it looks as if that is starting to happen. But you can never discount it. Livingston's a horrible place to go to. Like it's the same as Kilmarnock. Like just playing on the Astros, absolutely stinking, and we need to try and overcome that to get a result because on paper we're, we're streets ahead of Livingston but we need to be getting a win because it just puts further daylight between us and the rest of the chasing pack and also gives us you know depending on the Hearts result that they get I mean I don't know if they play Saturday or Sunday but you know they're starting to get a bit jittery and can you think that for they being the best side that Scottish football's ever seen they're only five points ahead of the worst side that Scottish football's ever seen so mm-hmm. Uh, Liam, just touching on what Craig mentioned there, obviously with the, the chasing pack and getting kind of ahead of that. Obviously, we've now we, we're now sitting in a position where the teams below us have now played an extra game as well. Um, yes, our extra game will be against Rangers. That will be a tough game. But how important do you think now having kind of that game in hand and having kind of a free week, so to speak, will do? Lee Johnson and the squad considering we have been on such a good run? I think it's actually a little bit counterproductive to be honest. Um, I feel like we were we had good momentum uh, leading into the break so it's a bit of a shit time to have a break to be honest. But um, it's nice to know that you've got the game in hand over other teams but you know I would much rather have the points on the board than the game in hand. I mean regardless of who it's against I mean we could go out and get a result against Rangers no problem but You'd rather have the points on the board for sure, but no, I think it it, it does make a change though because obviously we've um, we've not had 
you know many games in hand over teams around us um, this season. So it's it does make a nice wee change. Yeah, and it does leave us quite tight in that middle part of the the league as well, Craig. Um, you've already touched on the fact of how difficult the game will be, but do you think with some of our players potentially coming back, do you think that will be a key factor in maybe try to push closer to Hearts instead of looking below us? Oh, 100%. Like, we've... I mean, when you're, you're hoping by the time Saturday comes that the only player we're missing is going to be Boyle. And we've not been able to say that all season. You know, at one point or another, Nisbet was out, Boyle's been out, Miko's been out, um, McGuinness has been out, you know, Rocky's... Well, sorry, it'll be Rocky out as well, but this, the centre-halves have shown in their and his importance his absence that they're well enough to stand up to it. I just think we're getting, it's one of those football cliches as well, that we're getting the right players back at the right time. Like, you look at the bench against Kilmarnock, and in forward areas, bar Josh O'Connor, there was nothing really attacking-wise there. Whereas come Saturday, we could have Nisbet, Yuan, Hop, um, Miko back as well. There's four strikers, but four completely different types of strikers as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I just, do think that I do think that there's oh, the I know we'll touch on it at some point um, because this is the first thing that we're recording. But I reckon the off the field stuff is going to play a massive part for Hibs in the last however many months left of the season, just as a as a further key key driver. Yeah, I think you just you literally just read my mind because I was just going to mention and touch on that. Um, obviously, we are recording after. Extremely sad passing um, of Ron Gordon, which uh, we can sincerely pass on our, our deepest condolences and thoughts to the family during what is a very, very tough time for them. More importantly, obviously, it's a tough time for the club and everyone involved. But, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the, the, the Gordon family and we wish them all, obviously, all the best. Um, on that, very briefly, Kenny, to bring the, the preview of the, the Livy game to an end, Liam... Do you think that will play an impact from a footballing perspective? I know it's kind of not nice to to mention it and look at it in that perspective. Craig, you've obviously mentioned it is going to play a, a key factor, which you know inevitably will do. But the fact that we've had a week's week or so's rest, what will have between that happening and the game? Do you think Liam will have an impact on the result or the performance? Because there'll no doubt be a big tribute for that game as well as the Rangers game? Yeah, no, I think so. And as crude as it sounds, you know, to be like, oh, we'll do it for Ron and stuff. But, you know, the, the players have had a week to to kind of get their get their heads around what's happened. Um, and I'm sure that they'll be more motivated uh, than ever. Not that they're not motivated before, but they'll be more motivated to go out and get a result for him. Um, considering that's such a huge... Uh, part of the season it's a really big game for us as well against someone who's going for the same sort of positions in the league so yeah I, I think I think the players will have uh, will have it in the back of their minds and they'll maybe give that extra 5-10% uh, to, you know, to pull through and get a result for a run. Yeah. Uh, Craig just on the on the Levy game just to close I'll, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on kind of team selection first and then Liam you can kind of either reiterate the same but do you think it would be key for Lee Johnson to stick with the team that we've had the last couple of games or with the fact that maybe Nisbet and stuff like that coming back, do you think he'll go straight into 11 if he's if he's ready to go? 
Yeah, I think this bit comes straight back in. Um, his form, saying that, might not want to risk him on the on the Astro, given he's obviously his history with his knee. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, I can't even remember who the what the starting the starting team was against Kelly. But oh well, I've completely missed it. The fact that McGeady's probably, I'd be very surprised if we seen McGeady in a hips top again, um, yeah. given the the nature of his injury. So there's a space up there. Um, I don't, I don't think Hop's the type of player I would like to see starting. Um, I still don't, even though he scored against Kilmarnock, and I know like Bathland they got man of the match as well. Not a knock him down, but I don't see where. I've not seen enough from him yet to say that he can he deserves a start. He doesn't go in over Nisbet anyway. No, no, and I I don't think he goes in over Miko either. I think if Miko's Available, I would like likely. I would think that Miko would start, um, and then you've got there's uh, so Miko up top. Who some? I can, honestly, I can't even remember the, the Kelly game because I feel well, like the, 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 just to refresh your memory. Then obviously marshalling goals, you've got Cadden, Fish, Hanlon, Trebria, CJ, um, and Jago in the middle. And then you had Ewan Henderson, Campbell, and McGeady with Ewan up top. Yeah. Um, and so came on, McGuinness came on, Miller, Jake Doyle, Hayes, and Tavares came on. Likely see maybe Ewan moving out back out to the left and Miko coming in up top. Miko and Nisbet coming in up top. Or he might be brave and go with Miko and Nisbet. Mm-hmm. Just play a front three of Ewan, Miko, and Nisbet and just let them run right. Liam, just on. Craig's point about people kind of maybe deserving to start or maybe touching on more of a, a runny games for certain players. Do you think Ewan Henderson could maybe be in line for another start against I think he played, Yeah, I think he played well against Kelly. I, I watched it on the telly, um, so it's like my view and, and your guys' views are, is a wee bit different. Um, I thought I thought he played well. Uh, I mean, I think he's definitely a confidence player. Um, and we need to get him. We need to get him higher on confidence, and the only way that he's going to do that is by playing games. So I think, uh, I think for sure. Um, he, I mean, he played well. He didn't do anything that deserved him getting dropped. So I uh, keep him in the squad. Uh, keep him in the team. Sorry, as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, would you be happy to see a midfield to Liam of uh, Egan Riley and? Jimmy Jago, what was your thoughts watching it from the TV? Because, I mean, me and Craig spoke about it on the last episode that we thought they played really, really well and they kind of had a really good balance together. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Jago has brought a, a dynamic that we've been looking for for a very, very long time. Um, you know, contrary to what other uh, Hibs podcasts have to say, I think he's um, I think he's for sure been, been a massive, massive... Um, you know, advantage for us in the middle of the park. We've needed a player like him. And CJ Ganrelli is just a touch of class. I, I wasn't expecting him to be playing in centre midfield at any point during uh, the second half of the season when he came in on loan. But you know, he, he kind of he, he did all right. He, he, he wasn't you know amazing, but you know he, he did a job and he did it well. So you know, I'd be happy to see to see them starting. Uh, in that midfield too again, but you know, as long as it's not to the detriment of you know, my best friend Josh Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what we'll do is we'll move on 
and we'll obviously bring that preview to a close now. We've got a little bit of a, a special segment this week because obviously it's a Hibsless weekend. Uh, me and the boys tonight are going to be doing a, a this or that segment. So we've put some players together that we're going to kind of debate who we preferred and why. We've got managers and we've got moments. Um, now apologies to our older listeners because we're not talking 70s, 80s or maybe even early 90s here. We're talking kind of in the last 25 or so years. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to fire through the players. I'm going to get Craig and Liam's opinions on them and who they preferred and kind of we can, we can discuss them and we're only basing it on their time at Hibs, not the career they had before or after. We're good to go, boys. What are we thinking? Yeah, yeah I, like, I, I, think we'll have, I think we'll have very, very different opinions as well. Well, so. all my answers are going to be George Campbell or Chris Mueller, regardless of what the options are. <laughs> Actually, if you asked me that, I don't think I'd be able to pick between the two of them. I wouldn't be surprised, like, if that was the case, to be honest. I feel like you're leaning towards Chris Mueller as well, if I'm honest. I'm not, actually. And I feel bad about it, though. Right, so we're going to get off with a right topper. Uh, David Gray or um, David Murphy? Liam? It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer for me, Craig. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say David Murphy. I'll let you get on to your reasons why. David Murphy, (laughs) for me, clear as day. Um, 100% like... If you if you take the sentiment out of it, right, and you base it purely on footballing ability, that's <clears> not the <throat> game, though. Yes, it is. It's as as a footballer, purely as a footballer, it'd be David Murphy every day of the week. Like it was. There's a reason why when even folk talk about it, like these older ones who say about their all-time Hibs eleven, when they've seen players like Eric Shadler and that, that David Murphy gets in their team. Murphy was just a class, class act. Like, he was... And it was weird, like, when he first joined, we had, like, two pre-season friendlies against Leeds and Cardiff, I think. And he was a trialist in one of them. And I remember when he was when he was on the ball and that folk were thinking, this boy's massive. Like, how is he... Like, he, he can't be ready to play for us. And honestly, the ball must have came for about... 300 foot in the air and he just killed it stone dead and everybody was like aye let's get this boy signed up he was he was quality and it's only a shame eh, that obviously had injuries that curtailed his career after it however that's not a slight on David Gray at all I think when you I think history will be kinder to Gray out with just the Scottish Cup win obviously because he was the he was the captain as we made our way back from the fucking depths of despair really and the fact that he's still involved in the club just now and likely has a job for life at the club um, only goes to show you the esteem that he'll be held in. But I think purely as a footballer, it's David Murphy for me. Don't worry, Liam. I think you're going to you're going to have your your point to argue on some of the other players coming up. But for me, clear as so. day, David Murphy, clear as day. Right. Okay. Uh, two cup winning centre halves. We've got Rob Jones or Darren McGregor. Liam, what are you thinking? McGregor, I think. He was just he's just a pure man mountain, eh? I lo- I loved Rob Jones and I loved watching Rob Jones. But I I don't know, there was just something about McGregor, Hibs fan. 
uh, was desperate to play for Hibs. That outpour emotion when we won the cup, I, I just don't think I can look past McGregor. Because you I can maybe relate to him. So man, is that what it is, Liam? Eh? Is, can you just relate to him a wee bit more, just being a handsome man and you feel like he was living your dream? Listen, mate, uh, you know, us handsome guys got to stick together, so I'm picking Daz every day of the week. Craig? Wow. 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 I'm surprised. Nah, I think Jones Jones was quality. Like, don't get me wrong, Rob Jones was, was brilliant, but he was only at Hibs for, what, two years? Two and a bit? Yeah. Maybe two and a half? Like, McGregor, again... He's, I think, as as we just relate to him a bit more because he's a Hibs fan, and he obviously told Rangers a lot of shite to get released to his contract so he could come and sign for us in the first place. And then just these his performances throughout his tenure, um, I would I think had a bigger impact overall than what Jones did. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as Rob Jones was a as, was a dominant centre half, he would. And I know he still comes back to Easter Road and does bits and bobs, but uh, it's really hard to look past one of your own in this instance. So I'd be McGregor for. I know you're probably different. I think you, you'd prefer, you'd say Jones, I reckon. Yeah, right. I, I, I am looking past one of our own because I'm choosing I'm choosing Rob Jones, but I can't fault Darren McGregor. I love the man to bits. Easily the most handsome man I've ever seen at Easter Road, but that's another conversation. Uh, right, okay. Uh, Liam, we spoke about this. We put it together initially before podcast, and this is one of the ones that you put together as well. Scott Brown or John McGinn? Craig, I'll let you kick this one off. And it's, you've got to get straight in there. Let's go. Scott Brown. Liam? Oh. Um, McGinn. I think I've got to go McGinn. Right, Craig, before we get yeah, on to it, I think this is... I think this is... Because what we're going to do, folks, is... Once this podcast is out, we're going to do a wee thread with polls for everyone to vote. So you'll all get your own say, don't you worry. And I think this could be the closest one out of the lot. Um, Liam, what, what's, what's your reasonings for me again, just quickly? That arse, mate. That arse. <laughs> mate, and he was so good as well. I mean, when I was when I first started going to Hibs games and like really paying attention, that's when Scott Brown was like coming through and stuff. And I remember him being really, really, really good. And I don't know if it's just the way that I remember football back then and the, the way that I remember football when John McGinn played for Hibs, but I, I don't think I've ever seen a better player at Hibs than McGinn, to be honest with you, mate. Craig? See, I think a lot of it is, what is that phrase? Is it like history bias or um, nostalgia bias? We are yeah. like... To me, football back in their days was better than what it ever was in these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brown was just such an integral part of a team that, uh, like, so I was, what, 13 when nobody got the job. So the, the time when you're really properly, not just starting to get into football, but kind of understand it as well in terms of how it, can how football plays actually as a game rather than just being goals and goals. <clears throat> and I think Brown was just such an integral part of that team like that that long bursting run for Sproul second at Ibrox was yeah. was incredible and he beat Loven he left Lovencrans in the dust for a while as well and Lovencrans was fucking rapid and Scott Brown just ran past him like he wasn't even there um, no, he done that he done something similar at Celtic Park as well when we were in Liam Sproul the yellow one and got the goal McGinn for me McGinn was 
surrounded by great players who made him better. Whereas I think in that team, Scott Brown stood. Scott stood Brown could have stood out in any Hibs team, regardless. I think so. I whereas, I think, and I think as well with McGinn, two out of his three seasons were in the Championship, mm-hmm. so that kind of influences it. But then he, he did do extremely well when we got promoted. So it's it's one of those ones. But I think it's it's close. Like it's by the width of one of his arse cheeks. Yeah. At the end of the it was that he got he got a Scotland call up when he was in the championship. Do you know what I mean? I th- I think I would I would lead towards um, Scott Brown, but I think if I was to pick my all time Hibs eleven, I think two of my three midfielders would be those two. Yeah, come on, hundred percent. I wouldn't disagree. That's that's a solid one. That I mean, testament to how good Scott Brown was when you're talking about him in that sort of vein. You know, with the with like John McGinn as well. So. I think, obviously, we're getting off topic here, but the way that he transformed his game from what he was at Hibs at the beginning of his Hibs career, even to the end of his Hibs career, and then what he went on to be at Celtic, I know we're focusing on Hibs career only, but yeah. like that example that you give, Craig, that, that run at you know Ibrox, if you compare that to like his last game in a Hibs shirt at home to Celtic Park, where he's dictating play and he's just bossing the midfield, that's two completely different players in its own, and that's just a couple of years apart. Um same. I think as well with Scott Brown, the fact that he came through the academy, again, it's one of our own. Um, you know what I mean? Everything, granted, you can say it through gritty teeth because it was at Celtic, but do you know what I mean? That's a, a Hibs player, a Hibs youth product is probably the most decorated player in Scottish football history. Yeah. So. Battle of the magicians next, lads. Uh, I don't, before we move on, did he not wear number seven and number eight? Craig, can you confirm or deny? What, Hibs? Aye. No, he was uh, 33, 18, 18 7. 7. Uh, uh, see, I thought, I don't know, for some reason, I thought he wore number 7 and number 8, and I was like, that's a little weird. Nah, the, the Mowbray season and before the Mowbray season, him and Thompson were 18 and 19, and yeah. then they were 7 and 8. Aye. Uh, yeah, Battle the the Magicians next, we've got Zamama or Scott Allen. Uh, Craig, I'll give you a moment to think about this one because you are obviously in your peak teenage years when Zamama was doing his thing, uh, and Liam probably only really remembers uh, Scotty Allen. So, Liam, what, what oh, are you I thinking? I don't think I am, Sean. <laughs> to appreciate him, to appreciate Zamama. I love Zamama. I'm, I'm going Zamama all day. Oh, wow. I'm, so, I'm actually surprised by that. Proper Joga Benito football man. I loved him. What a player. And that the goal against Hearts when he skinned two people with the same chop. Have it. Love that. Craig? Um, Although Zamama was part of one of the best Hibs displays I've ever seen. Um, And it was only so... I only remember it as well because I found it the same day I was going to be a dad. So... What was the performance? It was 3-1 away to Motherwell under Yogi. Right. Um, But nah, Scott Allen was just different gravy. Like that that season in the championship and in the six months with McGinn and McGeoch and that was that pass. I uh, see for for me Alan tips it, but growing up I idolised Samama. Like, I, 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 I adored the wee guy, I absolutely adored him, but Scott Allen is one of the, the, the best passers the above I've ever I've ever seen Easter Road and ever seen live and I have shot anyway, that's for sure. 
and he committed the best tackle I've ever seen in person as well on Jordan Rossiter. Yeah, in the 5-5. How, how can there be 10 goals in a game and yet that's like my top two highlights is, is that tackle. It's a joke. Uh, right, last, uh, sorry, third last one now. We have the Battle of the Speed Merchants, Ivan Spruill or Martin Boyle. Craig, you want to kick us off with this one? Ah, oh, Spruill. Only for the hat-trick at Ibrox. Like, oh. as a footballer, it's been... The thing is, right, with Boyle, it's been interesting to see his development over the course of his, what, seven years at Hibs, minus the six months away, because I don't think anyone could have foreseen he would become the player that he is. Yeah. Um, but, no, nah, actually, do you know what? I, I'll... I, nah, I'll, t- I'll take Boyle, actually. I'll change oh. my mind for Boyle. Well... Craig, you said Sproul for that hat trick against Rangers at Ibrox, and I'm going to go Boyle for that hat trick against Rangers <laughs> at Hampton. See, I'm I'm a bit bitter about that because I shat it over the COVID jab, so I didn't go. I was too feared I'd get my 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 passport checked. Uh, but now nah, okay. Boyle, I think I think when you look at it over the the course of it, um, Boyle's development as well as a player, I think just. In terms of memorable moments, I think the hat trick at Ibrox is better because it happened first. Yeah. And it stood the test of time. But I think overall, for their contribution to Hibs, I boils the. I think because of how unexpected that hat trick, or even just the result at Ibrox alone at that time, um, that's probably why it stands the test of time as well. But. Yeah. Um, I feel like for for me, uh, Boyle just just pips it as well, and more for the the same reasons that you said, Craigway's development. I think when we were doing the deal and we were sending Alex Harris the other way and get Martin Boyle the other, you know, in the other direction, I think a lot of us were a bit baffled at the decision at Don't the time, regardless you. of Alex Harris's injury. Do you know what I mean? So to see what Boyle then went on to do is just just brilliant. Uh, right, next one. Mixu Patalainen or Gary O'Connor? Liam? I didn't see an awful lot of Mixu. I don't remember an awful lot of Mixu, but from what I do remember, he was very, very good. But purely because I'm not a fan of ball footballers, I'm going Gary O'Connor. Now, for our, our, our audio-only listeners, Craig is silt back in, the, in his seat there. <laughs> Staring at the ground because he clearly does not know what way he's going to go. I think I know what way he's going to go, but it looks like a tough decision. Craig, what are you thinking? Uh, like the whole Scott Brown one, like he was a major part of the team that like, I sort of identified with growing up. But if you look at longevity-wise, the other one was part of the, probably the most sustained, successful Hibs team. Mm. Mixer. <laughs> But only just like it's a literal. I think for for me, for me, Gary, Gary O'Connor pips it, and that's probably more about just the age I was when he was coming through, um, and some of the stuff that that he'd done. I mean, I paid one of my sister's birthdays to go to the Hibs game on my own, and it was the the game where we were down to ten men, and Gary O'Connor scored the winner. So that'll live with me forever because I tell you what, that was better than any any birthday I've been to. Um, <laughs> The six-two game was like was just unbelievable. Like it, it was the last, the last um, like sort of a big derby win in front of the old East and West yeah. stands. Like there was just something special. There was just something special about it that night. And 
Uh, no, Mixu. The fact that we scored six goals. Uh, uh, the thing is, uh, take, taking away even Mixu's hat trick, I think if if you exclude that, I think he's kind of underrated with all, uh, the vast majority of the Hibs support, in my opinion. You know, when you when you hear Hibs fans talk about strikers and their favourite strikers and stuff, but Mixu's never in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But then when they talk about them, everybody's bigging him up. Yeah. Uh, and rightly so, because he was a he was a brilliant player and he's an even even better guy. I've met him a few times as well. Top notch, like. Last one on the players before we get into the managers, and we'll we'll end on our moments before we we get into the listener questions. Um, I feel like this one maybe on paper looks straightforward, um, but when I was thinking about it at the time, I, I think it could maybe be or maybe should be a little bit closer. Derek Ryden versus Lee Griffiths in a hip shot. Derek Ryden. My hero growing up. Yeah, it's. I, th- I think it's. It's not even a contest, if I'm being honest. Do you think if, I know this is it all if buts and maybe's, and I am choosing Ryden just for the record. If we did maybe fork out that 150 grand or whatever it was for Lee Griffiths. And he played in a better team. Do you think he could have broke Ryden's goal-scoring record? Probably. It's not, it's not a record, but you know what I mean. Like his chances. Are, I mean, I've, I don't think I've seen a better individual season from a Hibs player goal-scoring. Well, I, I know for a fact I've not seen a better goal-scoring season Hibs-wise for that season where he practically dragged us to the cup final and all of that. There, it was two seasons in a row. He must have got close to 25, 30 goals, and they were in diddy diddy Hibs teams. Yeah, but. Oh. Um, Nah, Ryden was just, again, probably um, nostalgia bias with that, but Ryden was part of my favourite Hibs team. Yeah. So, Liam, you the same? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I was heartbroken when Derek Ryden left for Celtic. I was just wee. Um, what year was it, Craig? Remind me. That he left? Aye. 2006. So I would have been nine. I would have been nine year old. I was heartbroken. He left, yeah. left the season, at the start of that season, we went on to win the, the League Cup. Yeah. Him, him and Thompson leaving the same window, is that right, and Scott Brown stayed? Thompson left in the January. In January, aye. Rarden left in the summer, because he had a weird contract that only ran till like yeah. October. Um, but Rarden was just both feet, like, could score goal. I remember one goal where he scored against Hearts at Easter Road, where he took Nielsen down the byline. Yeah, another one you're talking about. His left foot, he just arrowed it right in at the top, like the opposite top corner. Like it was, no many players could. Um, could Emilio that. mentioned that that goal the other the other podcast there when we were talking about Ryden. I think it, because he turned forty or something. And the derby before the one that you mentioned, he'd cut in on his right and hit a banger into the way end. Yeah. So it just goes to show for me two of the the most naturally gifted finishers I've seen at Easter Road, but yeah, yeah Ryardon right and left, doesn't matter where he was on the pitch. Obviously, Griffiths banged out 30 yarders and 35 yarders, but uh, for me, Ryardon. That's that season, I think, I think that Griffiths season goes under the radar a bit as well, because obviously what things that have happened after it and all that, but nah, Griffiths was, Griffiths was unbelievable. Like, you can't take it away, he was unbelievable that season. Yeah. There were two natural born finishers who could make something out of nothing. And that was the that was the joy of watching them because you knew that even if we were getting beat or we weren't playing well, the ball comes to them 25, 30 yards out, they could easily just slot one away. You know, it's like it wasn't even difficult, like it wasn't a problem. Derek Rardin was Lee Griffiths' hero. There we go. 
Right, so we're going to move on to managers now. There's only three three rounds of this one. Um, I've tried to get them as close to each other as possible for specific reasons, um, and I'll explain why before I get both your thoughts. So first one, we're going to go John Collins versus Alan Stubbs. So we've got League Cup winning manager versus Scottish Cup winning manager. Now, for perspective, folks that are listening, John Collins managed 54 Hibs matches with a 42% win rate. Alan Stubbs had 100 games with a 58% win rate, albeit that's obviously in the championship, but it is what it is. Uh, boys, who are we picking over the two? Stubbs. For manager? Stubbs. Stubbs. He had a great team. Uh, he played a really nice brand of football and obviously won us a cup, so Stubbs every day. Obviously, I think... <laughs> It is a lot of it based on the Scottish Cup, though, because if we hadn't won that Cup, uh, Stubbs would have got chased at the door, and rightly so. But even if you exclude the Scottish Cup, I think Alan Stubbs is a better coach. I feel like he improved the players yeah. he had more than John Collins did, and I feel like he was better with his transfer policy as well, and the the feel about the club that when Alan Stubbs had it, considering when he came in the door... Yeah. Um. I feel for me, for me, Stubbs is Stubbs is clear out the two. Although I don't rate Alan Stubbs as a manager, but I feel like the the harmony that he had within the, within his squad. Yeah. No, I agree. Whereas John Collins had all those stars and constantly showing me his six pack. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Next one. Leith born and bred big Yogi Hughes. Or Pat Fenlon. So Yogi Hughes managed us for 54 games as well. 35% win rate. Uh, whereas Big Pat Fenlon was 87 games, but again had the same win percentage rate, which is of 35%. Who are we picking, boys? It's not Yogi. great read, is it, for either manager? Yogi. Yogi. Uh, I'm picking Yogi. Any, like, any manager. No... Pat Fenlon not got a shout considering the teams that he had and the fact that he got us to finals, albeit what happened in them. No, because in finals under his record we were eight and one for goals conceded versus scored, and we were also uh, nine and zero in Europe. So for that, um, Pat Fenlon can take a hang off mad anglers. Do you feel like uh, Yogi Hughes got it quite tight in regards to how it came to an end? No, I think we're half on it now. I. The second half of that season, we, we finished fourth. We were absolutely honking. Like that culminated in the six-all game against Motherwell. Like for the second half of that season, we were absolutely shite. Yeah. Was that was that the January that Stokes got sold? No. No, Stokes went in the summer. Was it the summer. I remember Stokes going, and then no long after, we were absolutely horrendous under went, him as well. He went in the last day of the transfer window, and we got Daryl Duffy in to replace him, but. Yogi also went away to Maribor and left Riordan and Stokes on the bench. So, uh, <laughs> nah, it's, a very, it's, like, it's like picking what one he used to, I'd rather find. And here with my missus, like, at a push, I'd probably go, Sean, because you're a gentle, nice lad. So, you <laughs> <laughs> Sean's, Sean's the Yogi, Liam's the, Liam's the Fenland. By the way, I'll take that every day of the week. And by the way, I'm, I'm picking Yogi as well. Right, last one. Um... Going for sentimental value kind of here as well, albeit I, I included Stubbs in the previous one. Tony Mowbray versus Neil Lennon. Tony Mowbray had 108 games as Hibs manager, 48% win rate. Neil Lennon, 123 games with a 47% win rate, but again, obviously some of that was in the championship. 
Um, and a lot of it, in my opinion, is clouded for his six-month spell. Leonard win rate, having also had a season in the champ- championship. And 123 games, 47%, 1% less, and yeah, just uh, under 20 games less. Nobody for me. Like, that's like I said, I think like a lot of Lennon's tenure is clouded by that six-month spell where everything just clicked. Um, aye, Mowbray streets ahead. Like, that's still my favourite Hibs team, and it probably will be. In no, terms no. of, obviously, the favourite team ever will be the, the team that won the Cup. But in terms of a, a period of football that I'll look back on, I'll always look back fondly on the Mowbray, the Mowbray tenure. What do you look back on more fondly, that Mowbray tenure or the six months under Lennon when we were beating big teams and getting big results? Mowbray. Only because we've been in the shits under Bobby Williamson. And then we were going to places like Ibrox, Celtic Park, and not only take, not only like sneaking a win, like we were going there and dominating them. I remember a game we played uh, Christmas time-ish. We got beat at Celtic Park, like we lost 2-1. But we were fucking unreal that day. Like, Hibs were genuinely unbelievable that day. And mm-hmm. we then go to Ibrox the following season and win 3-0 twice in a row. Like, that same season, the the, the following fixture at Parkhead was the 3-1 game where, like, Helicopter Sunday kind of yeah. started to to come about. So, I nah, the, the Mowbray, the Mowbray tenure, I mean, no, get me wrong, like, that Lennon spell was quality, but it doesn't touch the sides of Lennon, uh, Mowbray's. Liam? No, I completely agree. Um, although it was very fun to be a Hibs fan that last six months. Yeah. Um, no, that that six months. Sorry, not the last six months. Um, I think the the football that we played under Tony Mowbray, and you know, obviously the results that you've just mentioned, Craig. I don't think it's really any contest to be honest. That's the the Mowbray team is when I started to fall in love with Hibs um, properly, uh, instead of being forced to go by my dad. That's when I. I will, I will say though, if Lennon hadn't have arsed it at Tynecastle, I reckon his tenure would have went completely differently overall. Yeah, yeah I agree. We, we would have, we would have event, I reckon we would have finished second that season. And if Jamie McLaren didn't miss the penalty away to Aberdeen. Yep. Yeah. I, no, I completely agree. Is is a lot of, in my opinion, my most recent fondest memories are under Lennon. Uh, for obviously obvious reasons and you know the European trip and stuff like that as well. But yeah, Mowbray's Mowbray's clear for me. I made same as Leo made me fall in love with with Hibs a whole other level. Like that four remember the four all game we got four all game we done D folk were coming away going, What a game of football that was. Yeah. Like they couldn't like folk were actually applauding the team off the park given that we were four one up and ended up drawing. Like it was weird, it was mental, but it was so enjoyable. Right, so on a on a moments now. Again, apologies to the listeners. We just kind of fired this together, tried to keep it as relevant as possible to, you know, recent events more than anything else. So we're going to kick us off with the two. There's two victories, two recent victories at Ibrox. We've got a three-two and a two-one. Both were under Neil Lennon. The three-two came um, the season after we got promoted, so it was the first time we had faced Rangers after the Scottish Cup win. And the 2-1 was just after we'd signed Scott Allen again. Uh, we had a depleted team, plenty of injuries, and it was the, the McLaren penalty. Uh, I don't know if either of you were there. Uh, I, was I, the, I was at the 3-2 game. I certainly was at, at both of them, so I'll, I'll give you my opinion at the end. But what out of those two are you picking as a, as a better better result? 
3-2. Yeah, I'm going 3-2 purely because um, I managed to watch the game on a Facebook live stream uh, on the Broxy Bear Rangers fan supporter <laughs> page <laughs> on Facebook. It was about five minutes behind and I didn't I didn't watch the other one because I couldn't manage to get a stream. So I was watching uh, Sky Sports News with Jeff Stelling and that, watching the scores come through. Uh, so I'm, I'm picking I'm picking the Slavka, the Slavka game. Uh, Slavka game for me. It's like you say, Sean, it was the first time we played them since we came back up and it was... It was like we were Celtic for the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. way that... Um, I'd managed to get a ticket at 8 o'clock on the Friday night, so I had to make my own way through there. So, train through, subway, Ibrox and all that, and it was just... The atmosphere in the air was horrible. Like, I've never been or seen the Hibs end get pelted with so much. Yeah. Cups of pish and pies and coins, bottles throughout the whole game. And the fact that... Ken, it was Stokes going back there as well. Ryan Jack got sent off for absolutely nothing. Um, Lennon turning around, giving it to get it up you to the main stand. Slivka scoring the volley. Uh, it was just, it was just quality. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Pretty much for all the same reasons as, as you, Craig. I travelled through on my own as well. It's one of my best mates' wedding that day. Um, but I went to I went to the game first, so on my own because obviously none of my mates were going. So I went to the game on my own. Uh, first, it was actually the first time I'd went to an away game on my own at that time as well, and I, there was no way I was missing it. First game against them after winning the cup, and you could tell, like Craig said, you could feel in the air that it was going to be toxic and it was going to be one of these games where you, you're actually concerned for yourself in that corner, and it's the first time I've ever felt like that in, in that wee corner at, at Ibrox. So I uh, completely agree. Next one. Leon, this is one that you you suggested the and again we're just talking about kind of the enjoyment of the game. So we'll fire through these and go into the listeners' questions. The two all at Ibrox or the three one at Easter Road against Hearts. So obviously the, the three one. What? Two all at Titan, you mean? Eh, uh, sorry, is that what I said? No, you said Ibrox. Ah, too busy still dreaming about that that three two victory at Ibrox. Eh, uh, the two all at Tiny. Sorry, so the Paul Hanlon game. Um, or the what do you want to call it? Jason Cummins, the the Grant Holt, Andrew Shinney three one the season yeah, that, after. That three one was superb. It was a brilliant, brilliant game, and we absolutely pumped them. But I think the two two lives more happily in my memory, just because of you know what we went on to do. Also, I thought we played really, really well that game, even when we were two nine down. So, uh, and it felt like that Hibs team had just had the bite and it had the character to to go the distance and obviously it did because we did go the distance and we ended up winning the cup but I, I, no, that, I went absolutely kenko away when Paul Hanlon scored absolutely mental it was unreal quality scenes Craig aye only game I'll ever celebrate the goal and ended up in the row behind so <laughs> I'm uh, maybe controversial but I'm going to pick a victory against Hearts considering the other one's a draw um, and considering we're not looking about what happened afterwards but for me the 3-1 I'm, I'm going for the 3-1 because I went into that game knowing that we were going to win and knowing that we could potentially give them a pump in so yeah for me the, the 3-1 I can't remember the last time at Easter Road apart from obviously the 6-2 that something like that was going to going to potentially happen So and, and I could sense that it was going to be one of those nights and thankfully it wasn't it should have been a lot more 
Right, we'll go on to the next one. Uh, Liam, I'll get you to kick us off with, with your opinion on this one. The Conrad Logan semi-final against Dundee United, bear in mind it went to penalties and it was 0-0, or the 4-3 Lee Griffiths-Falkirk semi-final where we were 3-0 down at half-time. Were you at both, first of all? I was at both, aye. And I think, to be honest, mate, it's an absolute no-brainer. I was at the I was at the 4-3 one with Mark, and uh, 3-0 down at half-time, we were sitting there and we were going, fuck this, will we just go? Like, <laughs> do you want to go? And we're like, nah, Ken, what? We'll no go. We'll wait and we'll, we'll just see how the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half goes. So we did. And then obviously we, we started to get back into it. And, you know, the Hibs end was half empty by the time we scored the fourth goal. So uh, it was it was a little bit surreal, but it was, uh, it was a superb afternoon of football, you know, for the neutral and for the Hibs fan. Um, not so much for the Falkirk fans, but fuck them. Hey. Craig, I don't know. I don't know if you heard that. The Conrad Logan semi-final or the fourth-three Falkirk were yet both, and if so, what are you picking? I was at the Falkirk one. I wasn't at the Dundee United one. I was in a stag do, um, so I was in a Blackpool bowling club watching that game. Um, it was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it was shocking! The Falkirk game. And we were shite as well. We were the Falkirk, so games, the Falkirk game was quality because we were literally getting leathered by a team of Burns. Pardon the pun. <laughs> And then, obviously, the whole narrative around it as well. 3 nothing down, Griffiths missing the penalty. But now nah, that, that goal when his went in, I was literally running about the concourse. Like, play, I was doing the Lenny before Lenny done it. Nah, I, I've, I've got to agree. I would go with the 4th the year, purely just because of the scenes as well, I think. I think that's, that's what does it for me. Yeah. Um, okay, next one is kind of more about the actual celebrations, maybe not necessarily the importance of the victory because the first one didn't really lead to anything in my opinion, but we've got Melkerson's game against Motherwell, so his goal against their we'll go we'll go the second we'll go the second goal or just the overall game more than anything else versus Chris Commons Thunderbolt at a free kick away at um Falkirk when we were in the championship. So obviously that had greater importance but more so kind of the limbs and the enjoyment. What what we thinking out of those two lads? I wasn't it either, so I'm not commenting. I think I'm going to go. It's difficult because I look back on that Melkerson game with a lot of fondness, but I cannot look past the fact of how much I despise Falkirk. <laughs> and, you know that we were we were absolutely gamming against them the whole time we were in the championship, really, and I think. I think that goal, I, I went absolutely mental as well, because it was quite late on as well, wasn't it? Yeah, last minute. I think it was quite late on, so and it was an, it was a peach. It was an absolute peach as well. So, nah, I'm going Commons against against Falkirk because I'm I'm sure we really needed the win, and we yep. got. Nah, I'm I'm taking that one. You obviously, you obviously remember both both games, Craig, because you remember it was it was late on. Um, obviously you've seen the highlights and watched the game back, maybe even watched it live. What what are you picking out the two? Probably Melkerson, just for the scenes. I think if you're basing it purely on limbs. Um, it was scenes, though. It was, it was unbelievable. I've not felt limbs like that in years, honestly. Out, out with the old firm in Hamden, I've not felt limbs like that in a long time. Aye. The, well, that's because you won at Paisley, because they were, they were so, they was a fairly, <laughs> fairly decent set of limbs. Um, and now nah, the Melkerson game. The, I, I will say plus point to absolutely fucking despising Falkirk Football Club, though. And the fact that they are 
languishing in the seaside leads gives me nothing but joy. <laughs> the basis. I may have just um, I may have just bigged up the limbs, but I'm actually picking the the Commons one as well. I think that transfer you getting Chris Commons on that three month loan. I think that's what actually won us the the league in my opinion. He just took us to another level. It was only five games, was it no? Aye, aye. But we were we were before he came in. I remember we were playing terribly. We were picking up the odd points here and there, but we were very slow and passive. And I thought we were very very poor. He comes in. And we just looked at another cut above, another Chris, cut above the rest. That was and thanks to Chris Humphrey. <laughs> well, he he was good for the fucking three games he played as well. But I, that thunderbolt alive with me for a long time. I think I was like five rows up. I was very close. Mum and dad at the game and that as well. And we ended up right at the front row afterwards. It was absolute scenes as well. So absolutely loved that day. I was right at, uh, right from like Ken at Falkirk when you like. It's like it's not on ground level. It's kind of raised about the front row. Yeah. So I went over, like I went over the fence. I was right at the front. I didn't realise how big a drop it was as well. So like I kind of shat myself. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell, where's the ground? <laughs> but no, it was that was quality, man. Absolutely brilliant. Speaking of uh, away games that we love, we're going to finish on. A Derby v Derby. We're going to go the Daryl Horgan Derby versus the Martin Boyle Derby. Were we were we at them both? And if so, what 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 were we thinking? I wasn't it either. Horgan was the first one. Eh? You can go first then. I Horgan first. Bearing in mind Horgan was two one, whereas Martin Boyle was two early goals. I think the Horgan one purely because it was Alfie's first time at Tynecastle. So, and then by the Boyle game, he'd only been to Tyncastle twice. Yeah. And he'd seen two victories, but uh, the, the Horgan. That uh, Horgan's second goal was unbelievable as well. I, I watched that back, and you can hear Daryl shouting for it for Stevie. Mm-hmm. You can hear him scream it. It's unbelievable. I love it. Brilliant. You just, you hear the, the like, the metal bar of the net. Like, it's like a yeah. split second before the Hibs crowd goes mad. So I uh, know I think for <clears throat> for the uh, sentimental reasons because it was my lady's first time at at Tyne Castle I'll go the Horgan. Liam, I, I watched both games in the Harpen Castle and I think I think I'm going to go Horgan the Horgan one because we were one 0 down as well and yeah no the Horgan one it was that was a good day the, I mean the Martin Boyle one was good, was brilliant but I think coming from behind it just hits a little bit different than you know going to not. The Boyle one as well was Boxing Day, so it was kind of like... I was hungover. Mm. Whereas the the Horgan one was like, that was the birth of the hecky, almost like the, the main birth of the heckies at the wheel song. Yeah. It was just, it was just quality. So I but, uh, for, for me, I'm picking the Horgan derby as well, but that, that doesn't kind of do the Boyle derby justice, I don't think, either, because I think that was, at the end of the game, that's when we were singing about them going down, they were on mm-hmm. a terrible runny form and ultimately they did get relegated, not demoted, relegated, yeah. uh, all thanks to that performance by Martin Boyle. But for me, the, the, the Horgan derby, I think we actually played really well in the whole game, whereas the Martin Boyle derby, we scored those two early goals in the first half and then we just kind of seemed to sit in. Yeah, it was Did not like it. And considering it tiny, I was at about the, I mean, at the start of the game, I was in the fifth row for both of them, obviously after we scored the second goal and both of them, I ended up in the front row. But 
it's not pleasant to watch. So I didn't enjoy the second half of the, the, the Boyle derby, whereas the Horgan one just seemed to be on a whole other level. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't not pick the Horgan derby considering my screen my, my screensaver on my phone is me in the celebrations, Horgan on his knees and Stevenson walking away from me after coming heed to heed with me after the celebrations. So <laughs> by far, clearing away Horgan derby. Right, boys, thanks so much for that. Loved that. Hopefully we get to do that again in the future, but maybe some other selections instead. What we're going to do to wrap up now, we're going to end on everyone's favourite, the listener questions. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. Now, boys, we're obviously going to start off with what we start off with every week when we do the listener questions. So what have you had for dinner? This is a two-parter for John as well, but we'll get the dinner out the road first. Okay, I, I had red box cheesy pasta. Oh, that's it. Wow. Oh, what a dinner, by the way. And let me just. What? Not just one box either. Oh, wow. How many boxes did you have? Two, well, I say two boxes. Emma had about half of the. Half of it, so I had I had three quarters of two boxes. That's <laughs> a bit of portion for about seven people. <laughs> I was eating it for about forty minutes, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the dinner that I'm, uh, I'm staying at a Premier Inn in Nottingham tonight, and uh, we've got a wee pub next next door, and I had a katsu chicken curry, and it was superb, and a pint of Moretti is what I had, and I had a uh, had a Chinese. Uh, right. Second We need to digest the Chinese first. I think so. it's like Sichuan style hentai Chinese. No, it had chi- it had chicken fried rice and chicken balls, but with no sauce. Uh, yeah. I had um, fried shredded chicken with salt and chili chips, fried rice, uh, and sweet and sour sauce. That's awfully spice boy of you. Eh? I thought you would be a little bit more cultured. Uh, I, I used to get like Cantonese style chicken and lemon well, chicken, of course stuff it did. Like but see since I had see since I got on the fried shredded chicken, I, I love it to bits. Eh? Brilliant! I could have two, three portions of that. Uh, second part of John's question is: If you could move Hibs to any other league out with the English leagues, where would it be and why? Craig, I'll start with you on that one. Well, maybe I'll know because you're muted. So Liam, I'll start with you. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go with MLS because of that footy scran page on Twitter because all of the all of the scran in MLS looks absolutely bussing. Craig? The Irish Premier League so <laughs> back home. Sick. That's what I was going to go with. So we can go back home. <laughs> 150th anniversary. Secondament to the Irish League. <laughs> I'll go with uh, I'll go with the Dutch league then instead. Dutch Premier League, the Eredivisie. Uh, why? Right, uh, why? Why? Um, no real reason. Good couple of away days. Plenty, plenty good atmospheres. Stadiums are always packed. I think they're normally near the top of the capacity. Uh, what is it? Fucking stadium. What, what do you call it? The capacity by population or something by capita, whatever it's called. I, I don't know what I'm actually trying to say there, but you get the gift. They're oh. always near the top, and Scotland are always top. So, aye, I'll go with go with the Eredivisie. 
Uh, Billy's question, favourite album, video game, TV show and film? So we'll start with... We'll, That's you know, a question. We'll, start, we'll work our way back, right? So we'll go with favourite film first. favourite film I tell you what I'll, I'm going to go with uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man the original Spider-Man wow okay the Christian Bale Batman trilogy I think one film well the uh, the the second one The Dark Knight good choice good choice oh seriously uh, I'll go with something a bit different. I'll go with the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, couldn't you? <laughs> right, favourite TV show. I'll kick you off. My favourite of all time is Lost and it will never be beaten. It's up there and it's the GOAT. I uh, won't be told otherwise. So what's your favourite TV show, Liam? The Office, USA. Craig? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's up there, like that's for sure. Video game. Mine's is Football Manager because... I'm not the gamer in my relationship. Football manager is the only thing I would play. So, Greg? Probably say for, for football manager is the only con, con, uh, constant I Yeah. say. Liam? Mm, I'm going to go Warzone. Original though. OG Warzone. Yeah, Verdansk Warzone. Yeah. No, that's pish that we get served up now. Oh, just because you're shite at it, Craig. Yeah, I am. Make no bones about it. Was that when you were shy of Verdansk and I helped you? Right, the last one of this four-parter, favourite album. Quite curious to know what your favourite albums is because I feel like you can tell a lot by someone's album taste. I'm probably not setting myself up very well by saying that to start off with, but um, Liam, what's what's your favourite album? Yours will be like BTS or something, eh? You're actually spot on, mate. I'm not even kidding. 100% not even kidding. No, you're beating around the bush. I don't even know what BTS is. It's a Korean band. Of course it is. <laughs> I'm going to go um, Modern Vampires of the City by Vampire Weekend. Wow. don't even know who that is. I'm going to go by The Bright Skies. Who the fuck are they? Can you name an album? Uh, <laughs> the McClendo Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, Liam, you are right. You're spot on to me. It is, actually, it is actually BTS. I'm leaving Kadan. I so, think, um, on his all serious note, uh, Eminem, probably about 2003. Like, being 12-year-old and hearing that music and singing along, it made you feel like a fucking badass. If I, I will agree with you. If I, if I was to go with a, a non-Korean band, my, <laughs> my, top, my top would be Eminem's Curtain Call, 100%. <laughs> That's uh, a great album. Doesn't it doesn't count. What? Curtain Call? Curtain Call's like a greatest hits album. It's still an album, mate. It doesn't count. It's a great album. Set. Album. All right. Well, I'll just I'll pick any of the other ones then. The Marshall Mathers LP, the first one. There you go. That'll do. There you go. You can't yeah. collect a greatest hits album where it works. But no, I will not be linking these up to any BTS albums before we go any further. That's for sure. Yeah, that's Lorenzo. Lorenzo will know all about that. Hit me up, Lorenzo. Main man. Right. Next question. Kev Wilson's. If you had to support any other Scottish club, who would it be and why? And yes, Craig, we are taking an answer for that. Uh, it would be Glasgow Celtic because they are our little cousins <laughs> and they are very successful. Yeah. Mm. I was actually talking about this the other day. Um, 
to someone at my work, and I, I think it would be Dunfermline. That's that's my answer as well. Yeah, mine's would have been Dunfermline. Like my serious answer, I'd probably say Edinburgh City, only because it's the next closest one. The next part of Kev's question was: any bucket list sporting events you'd like to attend? I'd like to I'd like to attend Wimbledon at some point. I'm not going to see uh, Andy Murray, but I'd like to attend Wimbledon. Uh, WrestleMania for me. Uh, probably the Super Bowl, to be honest. Does WrestleMania count? Yeah, it's a sporting event. 100% it counts. I just had that. Uh, WrestleMania would be unbelievable. I'd like I'd like to see the Super Bowl, but then also if if Tyson Fury fought Alexander Usyk, I'd like to go and see that as well. But that's hypothetical. Super Bowl would be a close second for me, though, I think. Yeah, it was great. Weird does. Anyway. Uh, right, Dino has... Yes, yeah, don't even fucking go there. Uh, we like it's what we like. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm not judging you. I'm just calling you weirdos. <laughs> uh, right, if you could sign any marquee player until the end of the season, who would it be and why? He does say at the end that obviously they would need to be out of contract now, but we're not really going to know who's going to be out of contract, so we'll actually just answer it without the, the contract situation. One marquee player between now and the end of the season, any player in the world, who are you taking, Craig? Does it have to be realistic? No, because he's not asked for it to be realistic, so we're not getting him a realistic one. Kvitsa Kvaritskelia. What a player, by the way. Napoli number 77. I was going to go Oshimen. Oshimen, so... There's only one person I want to bring to Hibs, and I want to bring him home. Chris Miller. I'm not taking Chris Miller. Bring the money badger home, baby. Hashtag BTB. Thank uh, you. Kane has asked us if we would all share a McPlant, and I would just like to go on record and say that the, the Rambo will not be sharing any form of food with anyone, because all three of us, even Mark included, we all like our scran. And it certainly would not be a McPlant that we'd be sharing anyway. Yeah, and, and we are individuals that buy one item of food to share publicly <laughs> amongst three or four people. I still can't believe you said that on the spaces, man. That was so funny. <laughs> you know. Uh, right, James has fired in a question saying, thoughts on the these new cups in the women's game? with the penalty shootouts after draws. Now, we'll answer that first because there is a second part to that question. Um, As someone that's been involved in the women's game, I actually think it's an absolute farce that in the league game, they're then dictating a capital cup or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's just ridiculous, if I'm honest. Just do it at the end of the season or the beginning of the season as a cutting razor or something. Don't considering the last two games of them being ended as a draw, and then they've done this st- stupid... I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolute farce, in my opinion. Very yeah. And I think, it, I think it actually devalues what they're trying to do with the women's game as well. Um, yeah, fortunately. If they got drawn against each other in a cup competition, then do it. Like what the Calcutta Cup is for Scotland and England and the Six Nations. Um, but nah, not, not, in a, not in a league game. Like Penalties after a league game is... It's tin pot, like absolutely tin pot. Yeah, agreed. The second part of the question is, what would you like? Well, would you like to see something like that if you know 
we scrap draws. So, for example, you get rid of a draw completely. If it comes to an end in a draw, you then go to penalties for the three points. Would you like to see something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I love penalty shootouts. I think that's a bit tinpot for a cup. Like, for a cup that doesn't mean anything. But for the three points at the end there, at the end there, a draw. Absolutely. Send it to penalty shootouts, man. So, so it finishes yeah. one all, one all at the Tony Mac on Saturday. Liam, you'd like it to go to penalties. Yeah, but do it MLS 90s style. <laughs> what a five-second chance for the halfway line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do that style. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'd be fully behind that. A right, couple, couple of questions to go to end us, boys. Um, so, should we limit... This question for Alan, sorry. Uh, should we limit the tickets we give to Rangers when we play them in a little over a week? I don't actually know. I'd assume they're getting the full stand like they always do. I don't think it's been announced or anything. But should we be looking to, to limit their tickets in any way? Yep. Yes. A million percent. We should be giving them the bare minimum by stadium requirement. Absolutely. Like, the less of the rancid, horrible <clears throat> bastards we can have in the, the stadium as much as possible. Do you think, was. I know, I don't know when the tickets went on sale for Rangers, but obviously it's plenty of time between the sad events that have taken place recently and the game coming up. Do you think the club, if they could have, in a position give, given Rangers tickets, given Rangers less tickets to then maximise the Hibs crowd, considering it'll be the first game back at Easter Road, do you think that's something they maybe tried to do or look into, or do you not think no, it even crossed their mind? No, I think it's probably... The, the stadium probably hasn't sold it, so... No, I know, at, at the time it hasn't, but I'm just thinking with, considering it being the first game back at Easter Road, it could have potentially... No, nah, because these, these things are probably pre-planned in advance months with the police and that, eh, so... Yeah. Uh, we did, obviously, receive a, a, a question about the ownership of the club uh, with the events that have taken place um, in my in my opinion I would suggest if you haven't already for anyone to to read not only the open letter that that, that Ron put out to the support a while back but the statement that the club put out as well I personally feel like a club like Hibs are very self-sustainable um, and are very manageable within their own rights as well and I think it is crystal clear, both in the open letter that Ron put out, or the family put out, and the one that we received uh, last week. I think it's pretty clear that, that you know the the family are looking to move forward with Ron and, and the Gordons as a whole as their wishes. Um, and I am assuming that you guys feel the same way about that. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Now that was actually the last question, lads. So what, I know it's very, very early on in the week, Craig, but I am going to actually ask you for a Livingston prediction. I'll tell you on Saturday, mate. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Liam? Uh, 3-0, Josh Campbell Hatcher. Are we going? Both of us going? I think I'm going. Think yeah, I'm likely. I'm not decided yet. Didn't get a pie, though, because we were rancid. No, no, I've not decided yet. Right, that brings us to the end of episode 34 of The Hibs Ramble. I do want to thank everyone for listening all the way through this full episode, considering it was a very Hibs-less weekend. If you haven't already, 
get on to Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, give us a follow, interact with us as much as you can or just send us as much abuse as you want, especially off the back of this episode. There's plenty in the firing line after that, considering what we've discussed this week. Like I said earlier on in the episode as well, there will be a thread going out later on once the episode's released, so you can all vote on your this or that, and you can share your opinions on those matters as well. So thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Thanks for joining, guys, and have a good week ahead. Cheers. See you later.